It is Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show at 1 p.m. People are like, wait, wait, I thought Mosley was in the after, later in the afternoon. Well, that used to be the case until I drove my bicycle into a ditch one day. And, um, and we're kind of easing back into this thing. One to two, Mosley. Two to three, J-Mo. Three to four, Glenn Stretch Smith. Four to six, game time with Tom Barfield. And, uh, Stephen, I, I just wanted to uh, – I think what will help kind of get people more familiar, and we've loved hearing from our people. We had all kinds of calls and text messages. And people wondering about Q. Where's Q? What happened to Q? Um, Q and Stephen can be heard over on Fox in the afternoons, 3 to 6. But you can also hear Stephen here. So Stephen just – now, Stephen, where do you drive – where do you drive to get on Fox? Do you have to drive? Do you have to drive up to Belton or Salado or somewhere or Temple, or do you, or can you just do it from right there, right oh, there in the studio? Yeah, I just do it from right here. I just I, I oh, leave okay. the yeah I just leave the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, and then I slide down the hall to our other studios. But uh, yeah, we we definitely <laughs> broadcast out there hopefully in Bill County. Have, hopefully, a sponsor suit <laughs> on that. <laughs> Working on it, yep. Two five four six six two sixteen sixty. If you like to sponsor other studios, <laughs> that's right. Oh, you can hear Stephen in the afternoons, but Barfield's also. I like to give our people a lot of options. Oh, Tom's always got really good stuff on the afternoons, and it it flows because, of course, Morris and Mosley. We're we both went to Baylor. Okay, so we. We, we like to talk a lot of Baylor, and then later in the afternoon, maybe you want to hear more. You know, what's going on with our local high schools? What's happening down there? You know, Barfield's all over that kind of stuff, and so we really, it's a, quite a presentation. Stephen, what does Stretch do? Would we say NFL? NFL, you want a lot of yeah. NFL news, college news. He was breaking down the NFL coaching carousel yesterday, like what jobs are open, who might be good fits, so... <laughs> I think I should ask that question every day of you, Stephen. And what is it that Stretch <laughs> what, what is it that Stretch talked about yesterday? <laughs> what does he do? Oh, Stephen, uh, tell Matt to, tell Matt not to do that anymore. I can just hear it later. Okay, um, Stretch does always call me right after the show. I either get a call from Terry Tacker, head sales, head of sales. Is he head of sales? I don't think that's his title. He is, though. <laughs> he He's sells a, great... a lot. He's not head of sales. <laughs> That's Steve guy. Steve, Steve Everett. Everett like yeah. That guy. Yeah, he does some good stuff. Steve will send me an email occasionally. All right, Steve, uh, Stephen Simcox, though, in uh, a, a child of McGregor, does such a great job with us. And, uh, Stephen, I know yesterday was big on a lot of fronts because we had things happening. I want to remind everybody today, I don't know if I've told anybody this, at 1.40 today we have an old friend of mine, Eric Edholm, uh, is going to come on from Yahoo Sports, and he is is a great like NFL draft guy, and he has a story up there about like what all the Alabama the winners and losers from the national title game, who did themselves favors, who had a bad game, I mean Alave, how did he do for Ohio State? Do you like this Leatherwood? Love that guy. Steve, did you ever see the uh, Texas chain call, Chainsaw Massacre? Did you ever see the old? I have no. I haven't seen the original one. Nope. Yeah, the the, the villain, or some people would call the hero, uh, Leatherface. Leatherface. Okay, that's the new ones and the old ones. It was the 
Leatherface. And uh, and and that that kid from uh, the youngster from Alabama is named Leatherwood. Man, he is a monster at left tackle. He, he's one of the. He reminds me of um, University of Texas fans and Cowboys fans. Remember this guy, Stephen? Do you remember a big dude for the for the Cowboys named Leonard Davis? Oh yeah, Played went on guard. to play for the Cardinals, or maybe came from the Cardinals. But yeah, yeah I remember came from Leonard the Cardinals. The Cardinals. <laughs> Some reason that reminds me, Stephen, of an old story I had from back in the day. Leonard Davis was telling folks, you know, kind of what it was like to go from the Cardinals organization back then to the Cowboys. <laughs> Better facilities, have, maybe. Ever told you this? No, you haven't. And uh, Leonard was saying that that one of the thing, one of the issues was. The Cardinals would not give the players because they didn't want to pay whatever fee. They did not do direct deposit for their players. <laughs> Sound familiar, Stephen? Um, and um, so apparently the story that story would go like you'd get like a fifty or a hundred thousand dollar bonus, and it, it it wouldn't go in your account. You'd still have to go pick up the check. Oh no. You're just hand, holding that paper check in your hand with all that money. <laughs> Who is that owner out there, Stephen, Arizona? You know, his dad is is passed away since then. Um, it's the second generation, the owner of the Cardinals. I always compared the dad to the old actor from Family Affair, Sebastian Cabot. That's kind of what he looked like. Uh, Sebastian Cabot was an old actor. But uh, I just can't remember that family's name now. Anyway, they're the owners of the Arizona Cardinals. But Stephen, they would not put in direct deposit. <laughs> is it is it that. the Bidwell family? The Bidwell family. Bidwells. Yeah. yeah, Bidwells. Yep, you got it. You got it. Well, at least here we don't we don't get that type of <laughs> that type of cash. Our checks are a little a little less than fifty thousand or a hundred thousand. Oh my gosh! Every few months, I'd be like, oh, well, the check is not. Arrived, and then at one point we realized that sometimes the checks would have to like be sent to Austin or something before they could arrive to us. I mean, really an interesting situation there. But we've solved that. We've since solved that. I love that the Arizona Cardinals refuse to do direct deposit. They also, Stephen, like the Cowboys would have these vending machines where the players could go get drinks and. Whatever they wanted, candy or food, they had vending machines. And for the players in the players' lounge, because they're NFL players, all that stuff's free. You just go hit the button and you get your drink. And uh, the Cardinals, you just like the rest of us, you had to you had to go find change and load your seventy five cents in to get a little snack or get some chips or get a drink. The Cardinals were not going to give their players sodas. Those vending machines not. aren't free, man. You got you got to pay up. <laughs> That's right, the Bidwells. I love it. We'll pay you. We'll pay you. You know, fifteen million a year to play. You know, play cornerback for us. But you you will have to pay for those sodas. Okay, I kind of like that. Kind of like their way of doing business there. All right, Stephen. We do have though some interesting audio that uh, came from. A show I did yesterday with Ed Werder, the Doomsday Podcast. And this has to do, this is, uh, Ed jumps on with us quite a bit, Ed Werder. Uh, it covers the Cowboys for a long time. 
This has to do with Dan Quinn, the Cowboys' new defensive coordinator. And, Stephen, you were uh, kind enough to go back and find some of this exclusive audio that we, we had yesterday. And Ed tracked down Richard Sherman, all right, the former member of Legion of Boom, now with the 49ers, longtime great cornerback. And this is Richard Sherman, what he said about Dan Quinn. Here is Ed Werder on the Doomsday Podcast talking about the Cowboys' new defensive coordinator. Richard Sherman, as we know, is a fantastic all-pro, potential Hall of Fame cornerback uh, with the Legion of Boom defense. And he told me that, you know, along with Gus Bradley, there's, these, these two guys are some of the best he's ever known in terms of relating uh, to their players and meeting them where they are, he said. Connecting with them individually and as a group, he said, he will build schemes from the front to the back so the defensive line will be the focal point. He said he's a great motivator. Players will play for him. He said he will find players that fit that scheme. Um, and, and then one of the players who stood out to me um, in that regard is Trayvon Diggs. They're the rookie who started almost the entire season at cornerback, uh, second-round pick from Alabama, had as good a year, I think, as, as anybody on the defensive side of the ball did. Um, and, and he saw him as a prototype Seattle corner with, you know, uh, length, capable of playing a physical style of football. He said he'll get more out of Diggs than they have been getting. Uh, they've been putting him in no-win situations. He said DQ, Dan Quinn, will play to his strengths like Alabama did. And then mm -hmm. I think another interesting reference Richard Sherman made was to a former teammate and current friend of his, and that's Earl Thomas. Uh, obviously the Cowboys have always been linked to and fascinated by Earl Thomas and um, Gus, Gus Bradley and Dan Quinn have a history. Dan, uh, Gus Bradley just got the job today with the Raiders as defensive coordinator. So he could also be in this mix, but uh, Richard Sherman told me that he's almost positive that there'll be a conversation uh, between Dan Quinn and Earl Thomas. And he said, if anyone can bring him back to the NFL, it's either Chris Richard uh, Dan Quinn, or maybe even Gus Bradley. And we all know that the Cowboys need help at safety. All right, there it is. The, the eternal story. The story, the gift that keeps on giving, Stephen. Earl Thomas to the Cowboys. Could it finally happen? A man who was out of the NFL this year. Stephen, do we know if Earl would have to bring his brother along if uh, <laughs> if he comes to the Cowboys? No, I think he's I think he's ready to play man coverage again. Wow, Earl's wife famously or infamously showed up, and uh, she was not pleased with some of Earl's behavior. And then uh, Stephen, what happened to kind of end Earl's time with the Baltimore Ravens? Was that was that some sort of uh, does, I mean, didn't he get in a fight at practice? I mean, this was a yeah. He uh, he got in a fight yeah. with a teammate, and the team basically, like the the players on the team, basically told uh, John Harbaugh and the organization he's he's got to go. Wow. All right. So Earl Thomas's name is being dropped again. The main thing though here is Dan Quinn, and I, I've been curious if our folks who listen to us every day at one o'clock 
one of the great one-hour programs, radio programs in the country. Um, 254-662-1660. Are you happy with this hire? Now, Stephen, we do have a little bit of breaking news today. The Cowboys, and while I'm talking about Dan Quinn, if you would look this this man up, they have brought in a new secondary coach who they had interviewed for defensive coordinator who apparently had been with Dan Quinn uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Stephen, I'm not totally sure if the thing to do right now is to be hiring a bunch of coaches from the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons started 0-5 this season and only kind of got better when they got rid of Dan Quinn mm-hmm. and when they fired him during the season. But the Cowboys did hire the secondary coach of the Falcons, and he will be the team's defensive passing game coordinator. That always throws people off. I heard, I saw that today. Oh, the Cowboys have brought in a new passing game coordinator. I'm like, what? what? What's this about? But it's to, it's to, obviously, they call that because it's the defensive passing game coordinator. All right, Stephen, tell us this man's name, and we'll talk a little bit about him, too. This is Joe Witt Jr., and okay. he was uh, with the Falcons last year, as you said, was with Mike McCarthy for a long time, was a cornerbacks coach in Green Bay from 2009 to 2017, and has been a passing game coordinator for Green Bay in 2018, the Browns in 2019, and then was with the Falcons this past season. All right. All right. Witt, Witt, like kind of, I'm, I know, you know, it doesn't seem the thing to do is to go get a bunch of uh, players right now from it or coaches from Atlanta, but I kind of like Witt Jr. I, I, I like what he brings. And I know people are like, wait a second, why can't you bring Chris Richard back? You can't always go back. You can't always go back. Can't bring everybody who's been here back. I mean, that's what we do. Stephen, we couldn't wait to get rid of. People could not wait to get rid of and fire Wade Phillips. And then what did they do recently? Please bring Wade back. Please be, bring him back. I was doing the same thing. Bring him back at defense coordinator. I mean, he's our guy. But uh, this will be interesting. And, Stephen, one of the things we talked yesterday on the Doomsday podcast was about the cover three. You love it when we talk cover three. We talk about some of these schemes. Cover three, cover one. And part of that, Stephen, is – Quinn's not going to disguise things. Now, I do find this humorous. We spent last year talking about, oh, they're going to disguise things, and this is going to be so much better than what they did under Rod Marinelli. And now, Stephen, we can't wait to say, oh, they're not going to disguise anything. They're going to put guys up there, and it's going to, they're going to simplify it. And now that sounds good again. Oh, what a difference a, a, you know, a year makes. And giving up hundreds upon hundreds of points and giving up four 200-yard rushing days. It makes us see things differently. Please simplify things. Steven, are you excited about the Cowboys' new simplified defense under Dan Quinn, a defense that can be taught even via Zoom? (laughs) I am excited about that. I mean, it it, it makes sense. Uh, We don't really know what the offseason is going to look like. Obviously, we hope that – you know, vaccine is out there and available and that they have the full mini camp training camp, but we can't say that for sure right now. And one of the issues with, with the Mike Nolan defense appeared to be that he tried to do all these installs immediately and it led to a lot of confusion. Um, so Dan Quinn, 
who is, you know, from Seattle. Obviously, Chris Richard was from Seattle. I think there's probably some similarities between the defense the Cowboys were running in the past couple of years and what Dan Quinn wants to do. Um, he's still got to make plays. They still have to get better personnel. But I do think at least understanding and knowing what the expectations are and what your assignments are will, will definitely lead to better results. Okay. Yeah, I, I like all of that. I like all of that. And uh, I, I think it's going to be, Stephen, I think Dan Quinn, you're going to like him. He's kind of an engaging guy, young guy. He's 50. Stephen, as I get closer to 50, I find myself really wanting to talk about the youthful. <laughs> the young 50 I mean, guys? I'm still four years away. I mean, my gosh. Come on. I'm a long way away. But you do, you as you get closer to that, you find yourself kind of thinking, yeah, Dan Quinn, young guy, youthful guy. And, um, I, I mean, I, I, think, I think he's going to – I think there's going to be a little more of a dynamic Pete Carroll feel about Dan Quinn – than, than Mike Nolan had. You know, that wasn't really Mike Nolan's strength. Mike Nolan's enduring image to me will be a man whose nose kind of hu- always would come out over that uh, mask. Not a man who liked to get the nose under the mask. Stephen, do we still have people who don't really like to put their nose under the mask? Or is that not happening in Central Texas? Do you feel like everybody everybody's kind of learned how to do this. I think people are getting the hang of it. But, yeah, you still see the, the nose uh, out from under the mask or somebody needs to, to say something and they, like, pull the mask down, which sort of defeats the whole purpose. <laughs> I know. I do that every once in a while. If, I'm, if, if, if I, you know, I really want to make a point to somebody or I haven't seen them in a long time, you know, you just naturally pull the mask down. And you know they're they're kind of like no Mosley don't I don't want the COVID leave the mask up, but it's just a natural thing to do because you just you hate not to give somebody the full smile and the full hello, Stephen. Next, I want you to start thinking about how you want to say hello and welcome back to NeighborWorks Waco, a new weekly segment on Big 12 Basketball is next. Nobody has a better selection of light and heavy-duty Ram pickup trucks than Cameron Autoplex, where they say it's always cheaper in Cameron. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly sunny skies today. It looks like a real nice day with highs topping out at 59 degrees. Mostly clear skies tonight. We drop to 36 and mostly sunny tomorrow. It's going to be warmer with a high of 63. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 5.36 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Recently on the John Moore Show. Jerry Hill with us, Baylor Bear Foundation, talking about the uh, just-released 25 for 25, top 25 Baylor student-athletes in the Big 12 era. And this is the 25th year of the Big 12. It was tough. It was tough leaving some people off, um, great athletes, great people, that kind of thing. But, man, it's, you, you just get to 25, and you have to be happy with that list. And, and so, uh, yeah, I do think, though, there will be a lot of debate over the next couple of months. That's fun, though. That's what these lists are about. They're, they're about some debate. But I, I think this list in particular, too, is about honoring a, a great era of Baylor athletics, you know, in the Big 12 era and, and honoring all these ones that have come through here. 
The John Morris Show, 2 to 3 p.m. Weekdays here on ESPN Central Texas. Don't miss the Lone Star Gun Show, Saturday and Sunday at the Bell County Expo Center. You'll find great items at terrific prices on new and used guns, knives, swords, hunting gear, books, coins, medals, and ammo. Best of all, you'll enjoy browsing with the benefit of paying discount prices. Hours are 9 to 5 Saturday, 10 to 4 Sunday. Bring in your old gun and trade up for the gun you've always wanted. Lone Star Gun Show, Saturday and Sunday at the Bell County Expo Center in Belton. Hey, have you thought about buying your first home and weren't sure where to start or if you qualify? Well, it's Matt Mosley from the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. NeighborWorks Waco has been assisting Central Texans in the home buying process for the past 27 years, and they are ready to assist you. Not enough money for down payment or low credit score? NeighborWorks Waco has programs that help you improve your credit score, and they help you get the best loan with the least out-of-pocket expense. Plus, to make sure you know what to look for, in selecting that perfect home for you and your family, call 254-752-1647 or visit the website at nw-waco.org to get started. NeighborWorks Waco is currently operating with social distancing protocol in place so that you can access our programs knowing your safety is their highest priority. NeighborWorks Waco is your trusted source for home ownership the right way. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Jesse Britt Automotive. In Big 12 basketball last night, Oklahoma State held off a late rally by number six Kansas and upset the Jayhawks 75 to 70. Devon Harmon made four three-pointers and scored 22 points to lead Oklahoma to an 82-46 route over the TCU Horn Frogs. West Virginia had to postpone the game with Baylor and two more games were postponed yesterday with the Big 12 pushing back the Mountaineers contest against TCU and Oklahoma State scheduled for January 16th and January 19th respectively. Tonight in the Big 12, number 15 Texas Tech is in Austin to take on number 4 Texas. Tip is at 8 o'clock. Wide receiver Charleston Rambo, who started 24 games the past two years for Oklahoma Sooners, has joined the Miami Hurricanes as a transfer. He announced yesterday on Twitter. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It's time for our weekly Big 12 basketball report on the Matt Mosley Show, brought to you by NeighborWorks Waco. Have you thought about buying your first home and weren't sure where to start or if you qualify? NeighborWorks Waco assists Central Texans in the home buying process. Learn more at nw-waco.org. Well, I like that. Welcome back. Roy Nash, CEO over there, NeighborWorks Waco, the whole gang. Really enjoy NeighborWorks, been uh, for a lot of years, have been putting people in homes, first-time home buyers. Some people that think, I don't know, will I ever be able to afford a home? How will I do this? They lead the way, and they make it work, and we're so happy to have NeighborWorks back. Stephen, when I went in that ditch, man, they were there with me. They were checking on me and everything, and so it's wonderful to have NeighborWorks Waco Back right down there in Franklin. Stephen, as you get down there toward uh, downtown Waco, 922 uh, Franklin. And, of course, they're doing all the social distancing and doing all that. So you can always go on the website there. What a great, what a great group that uh, NeighborWorks is. And they will be the host 
of the Big 12 Basketball Report. And we'll do that, um, well, each each Wednesday. We'll weigh in. That's a good day to do it because you've got Tuesday games and you're getting ready for Wednesday games. Steve was supposed to have Bears. The Bears were supposed to play last night versus West Virginia. The game did not happen. Tonight's big game, and that was a COVID-related issue. Bears will be at Texas Tech on Saturday. Uh, before I talk about tonight's game, Stephen, and where the University of Texas program is, um, I understand. I know you're doing a TCU podcast, and that's part of the Locked On Sports Network. And I know you're doing a great job on that and uh, doing a lot of – you're a TCU, proud TCU graduate. Stephen, I understand it was an emotional session last night. And I think some of it may have had to do with uh, Jamie. I mean, you know, obviously TCU, they had one player from last year's team, uh, Desmond Bain, go late in the first round, the NBA draft. Really, really fine player. And uh, Jamie Dixon has had some success at TCU. But, Stephen, last night against a so-so Oklahoma team that got run off the court by Baylor, and it's just, you know, got some – couple of decent players i didn't even see if manic played last night yeah Reeves he didn't he was out manic okay. was out with the covid protocol still yeah and the sooners uh won by around 30 it was it was ugly it was 70 mm-hmm. something to 40 something Stephen, uh the state of uh tcu basketball would it be an understatement to say you were frustrated with things right now <laughs> No, I don't think so. And I mean, we're we're reaching a point now. Like, listen, it, it's a tough stretch that they're on, and they got waxed by Kansas and Baylor. That Baylor game was close for the first half. But honestly, like, I understand that they, this was not a team with high expectations. They're picked to finish ninth in the league. Um, but you brought Jamie Dixon in to get this program to a place where you at least felt like you could compete for the NCAA tournament every year. And so far. They made it one season in his tenure to the NCAA tournament. Uh, the last two years, they've been an NIT team. Last year, they wouldn't. We didn't get a selection show, but they wouldn't have made the tournament. They didn't really have a resume to do so. So this is and you're going on really four seasons in a row where it looks like at best they'll be an NIT team. And they just got embarrassed last night by a shorthanded Oklahoma group. That's good, but I mean they're in the middle of the conference. That should be a game even on the road that the Frogs should be able to compete in. And their effort wasn't great. Um, I, I just – I think the hot seat has to start getting turned up on Jamie because, you know, there, there's some excuses being made about they missed some off-season practices because the team had COVID. They haven't had any games postponed, but they missed a, a number of off-season practices because of COVID-19. But everybody's dealing with that. And I keep hearing some TCU fans say, well, the roster is not that talented. Well, who's bringing in the roster? I mean, it's Jamie Dixon's job to get talented players there. And I do think they have some guys with RJ Nimhard and Mike Miles and Kevin Samuel yeah. that can play in this league. You shouldn't be getting beat by 36 points by an Oklahoma team who's, you know, not a top 15, a top 25 team in the country. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I, I, I do, and, and I, I knew you would be upset about that. It is the uh, Big 12 basketball breakdown, man. We do it. We do it every single Wednesday. Brought to you by NeighborWorks Waco. Um, boy, helping Texans in the home buying process. And that website, learn more, nw-waco.org. 
Okay, that's NW, that stands for NeighborWorks, NW-Waco.org. Stephen, I saw something interesting. There's a game tonight that I'm excited about. Um, in Austin, uh, Red Raiders come in to take on Texas. And, and it said that somebody, John Rothstein from CBS, said, this is good. Texas is the huntee and Tech is the, uh, the hunter. And it's like, is that right? I mean, Tech in 2019 came within like a possession. I mean, they, they, should, they almost should have won that. They, they would have won the national championship. I know they took a step back last year, but I, I don't really understand how anybody could say that the University of Texas program is somehow being hunted by Texas Tech. Chris Beard and Texas Tech are leaps and bounds uh, as a program ahead of Texas. Now, where is Texas right now? Well, they're they're ranked very highly. Uh, Stephen, oh, they're fourth. Five. They're fourth right now. Yeah. Yes, yeah, fourth in the AP rankings. So. Yes, they it, for this season, Shaka has something going. Tonight is put up or shut up time. I mean, they blew Kansas out. Let's see what they do against a really kind of uh, a tech team that's kind of starting to put things together. Uh, I, I, Stephen, I like this tech team. I, I, I mean, I just like I, I like the way McClung is an interesting guy that came from Georgetown. Shannon Jr., interesting player um, in year two of his time there. This is a team that's sort of built on transfers, and this is a pretty good young talent that Beard has brought to town, and this guy can flat-out coach. Does Texas have more talent this year? Yes, I think they probably do. Who's going to win this game tonight? I, if, I, if, if I'm Vegas and I'm looking at this one, I don't have – it's not like, oh, Texas is ranked fourth. I've, I've got them by seven or I've got them by eight or whatever. I mean, I would have it – I would have it University of Texas favored by three, okay? And I don't have that in front of me, Stephen, to see what Vegas is saying. But I like – I like this Texas Tech team and what Beard's doing. And slowly but surely, Texas Tech is kind of – putting things together this season. And I also like this Oklahoma State team. I really do. So, again, the Bears are not going to have a lot of easy outs. Iowa State's not good this year. K-State's really bad. And TCU, I know you just talked about it, Stephen, not looking really good at all. You, you, out of those, okay, those are three teams. Of the seven teams, am I missing anybody, Stephen? Of the seven teams, pretty salty. Mm-hmm. OU. Eh, eh, can be good on certain nights. Right. So what do we want to say? Six, in in the Big 12 breakdown that we do every Wednesday for NeighborWorks, would we want to say six of the ten Big Big 12 schools uh, are really salty? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, you got Baylor, Texas, Kansas Tech, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia. And I think even with uh, – with Oscar Tabishi leaving from West Virginia, they're still a, a really good team. So six seems like a good number. I mean, most of those teams are in the top 25. So you're talking about a, a very deep conference aside from those three teams, you know, K-State, TCU, and Iowa State that look like the majority of the conference should beat them on, on any given night. 
Yeah, I'm, I am. Uh, I think this tonight. Now, Stephen, let's get everybody caught up on like COVID stuff. K, uh, so this this is a game we should watch tonight. Tech in Texas, K State, COVID issues. Stephen, there was supposed to be a game tonight. Iowa State was involved with COVID issues. Mm-hmm. West Virginia kind of seems to be down for the count right now. I mean, you you they're like a week ahead. You know, sometimes you get the COVID going so rampant that you got to, like, cancel games for about a week and a half or so, and that's kind of where they are. Yes, West Virginia's game against TCU Saturday and Oklahoma State Tuesday have already been postponed. So they're take. I mean, they're going to have to take a long pause. In K-State, uh, for now, this Saturday game against Texas is still on. Their game tonight has been postponed. I don't know if there's one more round of testing that they'll have to get through to make sure Saturday can get played. But as of now, Kansas State and Texas is still on for Saturday night. Boy, Stephen, is it time to form a Big 12 bubble? Is it time and just let the season happen in Waco? Bring all these kids. Let them study online. A lot of them are online anyway. Put them in a bubble. We can decide whatever facility. You can do it Fog Allen. Send all the kids to Lawrence. I'm sure they would love that. It's time to bubble this thing up, Stephen. (laughs) Oh, man, basketball is tough. This basketball thing is really tough to get done. And they can't like the NBA. I mean, the NBA's struggling right now. The NBA's in a bad way. If the NBA's having trouble getting the protocols together, then you know it's going to filter down and it's a struggle at the the collegiate level. I think what we're finding, Stephen, um, it it is amazing. We think in football, well, you got more people. Football's going to be tougher. Well, Again, by the very nature of it, with mouthpieces and helmets and all these things, there are some safeguards put in place. More players get it. You build up some immunity, all that kind of stuff. And, boy, basketball is tough. You get one student manager. You get one trainer. I mean, these guys are around each other a lot. You can't distance. You can't just keep them. Okay, this is the guard room. Okay, this is the front court. This is the front court room. You just can't. You can't quite treat it like that. And um, so this is going to be an issue. Baylor's still set to go uh, to Lubbock and play Texas Tech. And I'm really looking forward to that. Bears want to get back out there. They weren't pleased. There have been a couple of clunky moments here recently, that first half against TCU for sure. They're not going to be perfect all the time, but they want to be sharp. And they want to go out there and they want to be efficient. Now, Tech's going to – Tech will find a way to try to try to really get physical and and not let Baylor, you know, not turn the ball over. Tech will make it interesting out there. They really will. And there'll be some fans at that game. You get out to Lubbock, they'll let a few fans in that Coliseum. But uh, that, that's going to be a really good challenge, a positive challenge, and we'll be excited to see the Bears. And then, of course, Kansas coming in for a big Monday game, 8 o'clock at the Farrell Center. Uh, this coming Monday. It'll be live broadcast. Uh, we have that scheduled live broadcast to happen out there. ESPN Central Texas will be out there from the Farrell Center. And, Stephen, I wanted to, uh, as we do our Big 12 breakdown, our weekly breakdown sponsored by NeighborWorks Waco, uh, uh, there will be a Scott Drew show that will run every Thursday. And uh, I, I say Scott, it's a appearance, a weekly appearance, not a show, a weekly appearance by Scott Drew will occur on Thursdays 
uh, on the uh, Tom Barfield. So we'll get back more details on that. Stephen, do we have that time nailed down, or do we need to? We'll we'll, we'll get back to folks on that. Yeah, I don't think they've. Uh, it's going to. Uh, it's going to run sometime between four and six, but they don't have an official time locked down yet. Golly, that's going to be exciting. That is going to be exciting to hear from Scott and uh, Edel. Uh, what a big, what a big time deal that will be. All right, uh, Stephen. That uh, we will. We're going to talk to Eric Edom, uh, big time uh, talent evaluator for Yahoo Sports, and he's going to weigh in on all the draft prospects from Bama and Ohio State. Who helped themselves? Who hurt themselves in the national title game? It's all coming up next. Baylor Big 12 basketball all season long here on the home of the Bears ESPN Central Texas the second ranked and undefeated Bears in action Saturday in Lubbock against Texas Tech 2.30 for the Pizza Hut countdown to tip off 3 p.m. tip off Saturday for the Bears and the Red Raiders right here on the flagship station for Baylor basketball ESPN Central Texas my house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows are sealed with Duralite, a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. Now offering 0% financing for 60 months, that's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. That's 254-301-7760. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. Today is your chance to make your home more affordable. Let InCommons Bank help you refinance your home and save you thousands of dollars. Now is the time to refinance with historically low rates available. InCommons Bank works with you to make the approval process fast, usually in as little as 24 hours. We make the process quick and easy, often closing in as little as 30 days. Competitive rates, excellent service with local decision making. Visit InCommonsBank.com mortgage or come see me, Regina. InCommons Bank member FDIC, equal housing lender. All right, let's talk about Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram. And uh, New Year means it's time for the new truck or car you've been wanting. And uh, Alan Samuels is the place you need to go. Out there, 201 West Loop 340, customer first award for excellence winner, most prestigious award in the car business, an incredible uh, cash back offers, subprime offers. And you got to check out these special offers. 2020 Dodge Charger XST, SXT. Total values $5,670 or 0% for 72 months. Standalone APR. 2020 Dodge Journey, the most affordable third row seating vehicle with uh, total values up to $6,750. And then that 2020 Jeep Renegade Latitude, total value $6,750. 2020 Jeep Gladiators, all models, up to $4,000 total value off. And then, of course, I love those, uh, the most decorated SUV, 2021 Jeep Cherokee Latitude Plus, and the Lux with up to $5,500 total values. And then the vehicle I drive, 
the 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo. Over 4,000, 4,250 total value off on that. Those trucks are amazing. 2021 Ram 1500 Crew Cab Lone Star. Huge total value, $7,250 or 0% for 60 months or 2.9% for 72 months plus $3,000 total value back. Alan Samuels, your friend in the car business. What can you say about Fox's night of hit musical guessing games? Unbelievable. Beautiful. Tomorrow, Rob Lowe joins the panel for a powerful new masked dancer. If you'd have told me that I would end up weeping to a dancing tulip, I would have said, you're crazy. Then, get ready for the hit musical game that has America obsessed. Hot stuff. Correct. Tim Krakowski hosts. Name that tulip. After the masked dancer. And stay tuned for Fox 44 News at 9. Your news now. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Jesse Britt Automotive. In Big 12 basketball last night, Oklahoma State held off a late rally by number six Kansas and upset the Jayhawks 75 to 70. Devon Harmon made four three pointers and scored 22 points to lead Oklahoma to an 82 46 route over the TCU Horn Frogs. West Virginia had to postpone the game with Baylor and two more games were postponed yesterday with the Big 12 pushing back the Mountaineers contest against TCU and Oklahoma State scheduled for January 16th and January 19th respectively. Tonight in the Big 12, number 15 Texas Tech is in Austin to take on number 4 Texas. Tip is at 8 o'clock. Wide receiver Charleston Rambo, who started 24 games the past two years for Oklahoma Sooners, has joined the Miami Hurricanes as a transfer. He announced yesterday on Twitter. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Drinking whiskey doesn't bring me, doesn't bring me peace anymore. It is time to go to the guest line, and uh, I to Eric Edholm, great uh, friend of mine, long time uh, buddy of mine, going back to our old days, hanging out at the Super Bowl, doing our thing, joining us from Yahoo Sports, and uh, Eric, it was um, it was great. I was going to book you today, and I was like, man, I love what I'm reading from Eric on this national title game and the winners and losers. And then I realized all I got these nice notes from folks, including you, when I broke my neck in that accident. And I and even now, however many months later, I'm just finding out all these nice notes that came pouring in. And I saw one from you. So, Eric, great to uh, great to have you back on the show. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, it scared the heck out of me when I saw your wife's post. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I can't believe it. As somebody who also rides bikes and Maybe he doesn't always uh, use the, the greatest uh, safety measures. Me, not you. I don't know how, you know, but it certainly frightened me. It's great hearing you back in the saddle again, and uh, I can't wait till we can uh, meet up at one of these events over the over the course of the year. I know. Super Bowl is going to look a little different uh, with, with, I don't know how many people actually be there, but uh, we will. We will get together at some point. I liked you weighing in on kind of the winners and losers from the national title game the other night. And, uh, I, you know, let's start, Eric, with um, the quarterback from Alabama. I mean, this is, uh, this is kind of interesting because I think we get it in our head. Man, you got to be dynamic or you got to have these measurables and you got yeah. to be able to do these things. And, you know, sometimes it's okay 
no matter if you're surrounded by talent, to sit back there and go whatever it is, 35 for 45 and, and throw for, for, you know, 400 yards or whatever. I mean, you've got to use the talent around you. As you look at uh, Mac Jones and kind of project where you think he goes, where does he fit into all this? Because obviously a lot of people have fallen in love with Zach Wilson out of BYU. I think that's going to be a guy, Eric, you end up maybe getting asked about, about and talk about as much as anybody because yeah. I just think people are fascinated with that prospect. But uh, what I guess what we saw from Mac Jones the other night was about what we expected to see from him. Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, and like you said, kind of the backdrop of evaluating that type of a quarterback is that so many people are just smitten with the dual threat quarterbacks. And understandably, right, they're hard to defend. There's only, you know, you can only play so much man defense against them. You know, do you blitz them or can they get past your rush and, and hit you with a 25-yard gain? Now, that's not Mac Jones. It's not, it's not Kyle Trask either. So both of those guys are going to be really interesting Rorschach tests, I think, for the evaluators who, you know, look at these kind of rhythm pocket passers who, you know, outside of a, an occasional scramble, you know, when things break down, they're pretty much sitting back in the pocket and, and throwing dimes. How valuable is that in today's NFL? Um, you know, I mean, I think a quarterback like that absolutely can still work. But I can just tell you that in the conversations, really since about, you know, mid-November that I've had on uh, even early November on Trask and Jones, there's appreciation for how well these guys have done. Unexpected starters getting kind of thrown into the mix. Nobody thought they would be beating out five stars or being the starters where they were playing well in the SEC, Heisman finalists. But the NFL appreciation for both is is a little bit muted. I think they're both more likely to be day two picks, second or third round, than they are to be first round picks. But all it takes is that one team, you know, that one team that says, I love the intangibles, I love the accuracy, give me Jones or give me Trask. Yeah, and, and a guy who didn't even have close to Jones mechanics all those yeah. years ago just because of intangibles like a Tebow, you're, to your point, went in the first round because people were just fascinated with his intangibles, and it didn't work out. But people will always. Um, and uh, same thing, you know, with, with Johnny, it's the opposite thing. He had so much other stuff. He could do a million different things, but obviously the one thing he couldn't do was stay focused, and he had all yeah. sorts of issues, and, and those were two of the most interesting prospects you probably have followed over the past 10 years or 15 years. Now, um, Let's look at Justin Fields. Let's look at the other quarterback. There are times, uh, you, you mentioned it in your story on Yahoo Sports, he's one of those guys uh, that kind of glides down the field. You know, he goes on, uh, you, you know, Jalen Hurts does that a little bit. You know, he doesn't, you, don't, you don't go, oh, that's the fastest guy ever. But then he's 20, 30 yards down the field. And this guy, I, you know, I don't know, I mean, that's an interesting, now that I brought it up, Jalen Hurts, I don't, I don't know who I would say is the most, most athletic of that. I, I, but Fields certainly has probably even better measurables than Jalen Hurts does. Where did, what did you think of his performance? Well, it wasn't a great performance, but did it change your evaluation of him as you, as you kind of start to formulate all that? Yeah, I mean, it, it was hard not to be slightly disappointed in the sense that he played on such an unbelievable level against Clemson in the semifinals and doing so while, while hurt, you know, getting the kind of that hip injury and 
you know, you could see it affected him in both games, I think more so obviously against Clemson. So it was a disappointment from that standpoint. But after rewatching the game, you know, I don't think he played poorly. I just don't think he grasped the opportunity to kind of seal home that, that number two quarterback spot. I mean, look, I, even if Urban Meyer takes the Jaguars job, I still have a hard time believing he's going to pass up Trevor Lawrence for field. So let's assume that Lawrence goes first. Reasonable, I think. Then you get down to Wilson or, or, or Fields. I really think it's probably going to end up coming down to those two. Trey Lance might be your fourth quarterback there, but it, it's going to be split. I, I mean, I don't think there's going to be a, a, a huge tilt one way or the other because Justin had just enough questions crop up this season against some of the better defenses he played. Not, not Clemson, obviously, but Indiana, Northwestern, even Michigan State. There were times in that game I didn't think he you know, processed it at, at lightning quick speed. But, I mean, first of all, I think he's got the traits to be a winner. The athletic stuff is all there. He can throw the ball all over the field. Is that, you know, running is, is something like you said. He glides and he can make people miss. And so there's a lot of alluring things about him. Wilson didn't play nearly the schedule that, that Fields did, obviously, but he had fewer hiccups along the way. So how they'll all end up stacking up, uh, you know, amongst the other 30 or so teams who are in the mix to take him, it's really, really going to be fascinating. I think right now, if I had to guess, there might be more people slightly more infatuated with Wilson than with Fields. Interesting, and uh, his offensive coordinator, by the way, the new offensive coordinator for the Baylor Bears. Yeah, my alma mater, and so that'll be interesting to see all that it comes. What if, uh, what if Wilson started? What if he made it close to ten in the draft, and Jerry Jones became <laughs> infatuated with him? You know, what I mean that that it's happened before. Jerry wanted sure. to take Johnny, and uh, obviously they got the situation with Dak, and that would complicate everything. If the Cowboys went out and took a quarterback in the first round, that would throw everything into chaos. But couldn't you see Jerry Jones getting just – I mean, Wilson just seems like the kind of player that he he would be infatuated with, although I just can't – I mean, they, this they, there might be so teams so desperate for quarterback. Uh, Eric, uh, they, they these quarterbacks, these three quarterbacks – uh, might not make it to 10. Right. Yeah. I mean, let's say, you know, the, the nuclear option where somehow, you know, they, they keep sliding or teams can't make those trades. And, you know, he got within uh, sniffing zone of, of Dallas's pick. Maybe there is a conversation to be had where you say, okay, you know, we're, we're franchising Dak this year and then we're, we're moving on or whatever. I mean, the, you know, it's not what I think they're going to go into the draft thinking, but at some point they're at least going to have that conversation, Right. The what if, you know, the, 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 the unexpected scenario where this happens. But again, it would probably be more likely that, you know, trail of the top quarterbacks, if you assume Trey Lance from North Dakota State belongs somewhere in that discussion, he'll pro, I mean, he could be on the board at, at that spot. I do not think they're going to take Trey Lance. And, and given what, you know, the offensive line could look like in a couple of years without that. You know, given yeah. what the defense did this season and all the, the holes on that side of the ball, I, I just have a hard time thinking they would go that way unless one of those top three guys somehow fell. Eric Edholm uh, from Yahoo Sports, talent evaluator, their uh, pro draft, NFL draft guy, guru, uh, joining the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox, ESPN Central Texas. Now, I know you felt bad 
putting him on any kind of a loser list because it right. it's just a weird thing to have to do. But, uh, boy, I, I, Jalen Waddle that became a big story. He wanted to fight his way back. A lot of times we see players, could he play, could he play, and then they don't play. Well, this guy did. And yep. it seemed like uh, – seemed like folks across the NFL were really kind of like, man, you know, it's impressive that he wanted to do this, but Alabama may have not done him any favors. What, seeing him kind of limping around, does it, or, does it, does it, what, what does it do? What does it do? Does it make people love him even more, or does it just make people sort of question Alabama's approach to that whole thing? Yeah, and that's a great way to frame it. I, I struggled putting him in my losers category because – I don't think he hurt himself from a, you know, an appearance standpoint. Now, do I know for sure whether there's any additional damage to the ankle? No. Dr. Lyle Kane, who's the Alabama team physician, one of the team physicians there, sports medicine doc, you know, I mean, he went on the radio the next day and explained, here's the deal, right? It was his sort of not being used to running and running at full speed and, you know, and all this. And he had a good explanation for it, which I heard after I wrote the story that said, the potential for doing damage, I think, would have been a little higher with a slightly unstable ankle, you know, the wrong cut, the wrong, you know, spot on the field or something like that. So I, I, I'm, I was merely passing on, and this is for my, my fellow Twitter people out there who came after me <laughs> when they read my story. And I thought I explained it, but I just want to make sure I double down here. It, it was more the reaction of the NFL people saying, geez, you know, like you said, great that he tried to play i mean that's that's the toughness right there 182 pound guy going out there after you know 10 weeks post-surgery and and playing or whatever it was but there's also that that fear factor of could they have put him in harm's way so yeah i did i assuming he comes out and assuming he can run and work out and everything like that come come march or april i don't really see that that this is going to have a big effect on him. he should be i mean he could be a 15 top 50 pick yeah, and I think you, Devontae Smith's a guy that, you you know, everybody say, oh, the Heisman. Oh, he'll feel all the pressure and that kind of thing. And he just went out there yeah. and was unbelievable. That's one of those guys you just got to kind of go, uh, yeah, maybe the measurables aren't exactly what I want, Eric. But, I mean, yeah. I, the production is such. And, he, and, I mean, every team had to line up thinking, we got we to gotta do everything in the world to stop this guy, and they still couldn't do it. Right. And had he come out a year ago, I think he had a, a decent chance to be a first-round pick, a lower one, but a decent chance. And he, I don't think, got, would get out of the top 40 or maybe 50 picks had he come out a year ago. I was surprised he came back. I mean, I really was. But, you know, Nick has convinced a lot of those guys to, to do that. And in a lot of cases, it's ended up working out for the players. So they have a history of, you know, taking a, a really good player and making them better. Najee Harris comes to mind, too. So, That said, could I have ever predicted he would have this kind of season? I guess we should have had the evidence last year when he had some monster games, and there were so many mouths to feed, not just Waddle, but Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, the greatest wide receiver quartet has ever been put together. So, you know, four first-round picks, it's unbelievable. I mean, they're going to go in the first round, I think, if they come out. So how you you slot him or evaluate him is sort of a – you worry about the fact that he's probably around 180 pounds come combine time? Are you concerned that that is not going to hold up? I mean, are you going to look at the stopwatch and, and fret over the fact that he may not break a 4 5 40? 
his play speed is exceptional. His ability to shake defenders in the open field is uncanny. His, the way you can use him, deep routes, middle of the field, short stuff, you know, I mean, he does it all. So the body of work suggests he has a great chance to become a complete NFL receiver, even if he's six foot and a, and a tiny bit more. I mean, he's about six foot and an eighth of an inch. And like I said, maybe he bulks up to about 180 pounds. He was 172 in the spring when scouts came through. So, you know, that's that's a Marvin Harrison body. That's a Isaac Bruce body. Those guys did pretty well. What about today? I don't know. Eric, I appreciate it. Great catching up with you as your editor. Uh, I'm going to point myself your editor. I want uh, <laughs> I want a Sertan to Dallas. That's the next column. That's what I want to read because he ends up there playing opposite of Diggs, and, and man, yep. that's going to do huge numbers for Yahoo. Man, thank you for coming on. It was a lot of fun. All right, man. Appreciate it. Glad to hear you're doing well. See ya. There he goes. Eric Edholm, uh, the uh, the NFL uh, draft uh, guru for Yahoo Sports, joining us. Our hour is up. It happened so quickly. And J-Mo awaits. The, uh, the J-Mo hour at 2 o'clock, followed by Glenn Stretch-Smith, 3 to 4, and then 4 to 6 game time. Tom Barfield, everybody have a great day. Tomorrow we'll have the uh, the Baylor offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, to start the show. Should be a lot of fun. Talk to you soon.